All right, prayer. So 24-7 prayer kicks off uh, at 4 o'clock. And uh, I know that some of you are booked in for some of those wee small hour slots. And um, good for you. I'm thinking that's a, that's a cool time of the, the night to be praying. But um, I thought we'd just talk a little bit about prayer. We talked about prayer last week. I wanted to talk a little bit about prayer this morning as well. And um, yeah, there was a study done in, uh, in the States about uh, three years ago where they asked people, just, just the general population, do you pray and what do you pray for? And, um, and like there's a few interesting stats that came back. One of them was that 36% of people pray for their own personal future prosperity. So, yeah, okay, probably, you probably expect that. Another interesting stat was that less than 12% pray for their government. Draw your own conclusions. It's, um, yeah. But look, when it comes to prayer, I, I talked about this a little bit last week, and I talked about my experience as a 14-year-old. And for me, prayer is a little bit like a 14-year-old talking to the governor general it's like you've got this god who is so much bigger than i would ever know or understand but he wants to be known and he's a good you know he's a good god um there's a great quote that i, I read this week and uh, ruth haley barton if you're looking at reading and wanting to be inspired about your own personal journey in prayer and your journey with god she's a great author ruth haley barton but she says this one thing i know for sure about prayer these days is that we do not know how to pray. It is only the young in Christ who think they know how to pray. The rest of us know we are just beginners. So let's begin together, which is really all we can do. So if you're thinking about prayer and you're just thinking, oh, I feel like I'm just starting off. Hey, look, you're at the right place. We're all, we're all on this journey together. And, uh, but this morning, there's a scripture I wanted to use as, a, as just to sort of springboard off. Uh, it's... Paul the Apostle, when he was writing to the church in Ephesus in the book of Ephesians, and he writes to them and says this about prayer, Ephesians 6.18, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests, with all kinds of prayers and requests. And uh, there are all kinds of prayers. You, you can look, if you Googled that phrase, all kinds of prayers, and you would just get so many different resources and, and ways to pray, which is very, very cool. But today I'm specifically going to talk about two different kinds of prayers. But before we do, I'd like to pray. So, so God, we are, we are here this morning because we're on this journey of faith that's important to us. And a huge part of that is each one of us working out how do we know you? How do we know you, God? How do we talk with you? How do we hear you? How do we become closer to you? How do we become more like you? So God, I just pray this morning that you just open our hearts, that, that through this time together, that you'd drop something in us that would just be, be like fuel to our journey. It would be, it would be that, that which would take us take us forward or take us towards you it would it would plant something in us that would go like yes i want to i want to know you more god plant, do that in us god stir our hearts to be people of prayer amen amen okay we're doing all right out there okay you're just very quiet a little bit uh it's sort of it's just that time of the year isn't it november and 
you sort of see these Christmas holidays are coming and you're just kind of looking forward to a break. But uh, let me just say, if there's anything that you agree with or that you like the sound of us, anything you can just, you can just say something like yes or like anything you like. Just a bit of an amen. It sort of encourages me that, you know, that's, um, so if I look like I'm discouraged, just, just, I don't know. Yeah, there you go. I'm not, but I am in a good mood this morning. The cricket's going well. Oh, that's right. Talking about prayer. Talking about prayer. Two, two, two couple of prayers. Uh, two couple of prayers. A couple, two prayers that we're going to talk about uh, this morning. And the first one is a prayer of King David. And he, for those of you that may not be that familiar with the the scriptures. Uh, king David was uh, the king of Israel a, uh, about three and a half thousand years ago. And um, the Bible talks about David as being a man after God's own heart. And uh, we have the benefit today of a number of the Psalms, which are prayers that he wrote down, and they're in our scriptures. And I've always said when people say, like, I really find it hard to pray. It's like I pray for about 90 seconds and I just run out of words. And I just say, go and read the Psalms because it just gives you language. It gives you, it gives you a way just to um, see how someone else who did know God, how they talk to God. But Psalm 143, it's probably something, you, it's not, not one that perhaps you're that familiar with. The 23rd Psalm is one that people are often very familiar with another um, prayer of, uh, of King David. But Psalm 143, and this is a prayer just for, it's just, this is one that you want to have. Every one of you want to have. You want to remember this. Because this is a prayer when you just bump into something and you're just like, God, I just need, I need something beyond myself here. You just bump into it and you go, I, I, I just can't sort this out by myself. And, and this is difficult. And, and turn to God. And this is, this is the, the prayer of, uh, of King David. And like, this stuff happens. Stuff happens in life, doesn't it? You know, maybe a, a relationship challenge that just things just aren't where you'd want them to be and it's draining you. It may be, maybe you have a sickness that you just can't shake. Maybe there's a disappointment that's happened in life. It's just sometimes you just go like, oh, I just need help. And this is a prayer from King David. I'm going to read you the whole thing and then I'm going to give you Seven things that have come out of it, and these are the things that you're wanting to write down, okay? So that you have this sitting on your phone, so that if you ever bump into something in life, you go, I'm going to do this, because this is, this is going to help me to pray and invite God into this situation. You know, we talked about David, the Bible describing David as a, as a man after God's own heart, but was he, was he perfect? No, he was far from perfect. Like, some of the stuff that he did, you're just like, going like, really? Um... But the thing that he did have was that he had such absolute confidence in the love of God and absolute confidence in the goodness of God. And he knew that his true home could only be found in God, could be found in God alone. And that is, that's an awesome thing. Let me read you this whole psalm. Lord, hear my prayer. Listen to my cry for mercy. In your faithfulness and righteousness, come to my relief. Do not bring your servant into judgment, for no one living is righteous before you. 
The enemy pursues me. He crushes me to the ground. He makes me dwell in the darkness like those long dead. So my spirit grows faint within me. My heart within me is dismayed. I remember the days of long ago. I meditate on all your works and consider what your hands have done. I spread out my hands to you. I thirst for you like a parched land. Answer me quickly, Lord. My spirit fails. Do not hide your face from me, or I will be like those who go down to the pit. Let the morning bring me word of your unfailing love, for I have put my trust in you. Show me the way I should go, for to you I entrust my life. Rescue me from my enemies, Lord, for I hide myself in you. Teach me to do your will, for you are my God. May your good spirit lead me on level ground. For your namesake, Lord, preserve my life. In your righteousness, bring me out of trouble. In your unfailing love, silence my enemies, destroy all my foes, for I am your servant. Seven things I want you guys to take away from this this morning. And the first one, you might think this is pretty obvious, but it's amazing how many people don't get to the first one, is that you've got to start praying. You know, it's like you can often think about your situation and you can think about praying about your situation and never actually get around to praying about your situation. And David just goes, come straight into it. Lord, hear my prayer. Listen to my cry for mercy. And your faithfulness and righteousness come to my relief. So you've actually got to pray. I know that sounds obvious, but like, let's, might as well start there. The second thing that we get out of this is that is that you've got it, you're trusting in God's goodness, not your own. And a lot of people will come to prayer and then they won't actually feel like they can engage in prayer because they look at themselves and they go like, I'm just, I just know all of the stuff that's in me that's not good. And it's like, how can I go and ask a good God for something when I'm just like not doing, you know, I know that, you know, I muck up, I... I there's been a time through the week where I turn my back on God. There's just this sense of like, I can't actually pray because I'm not good enough. And David just goes right in and goes like, he just, he just lays this one. He just sorts this out right from the start. You know, he says, do not bring your servant into judgment for no one living is righteous before you. He just, he just, he just gets it. He just gets this thing. He says, God, you're the good one. You're good. I can come to you. I, I can't come to you because I'm worthy to come to you. And it's quite helpful, isn't it? It's just like, I know I'm not good enough, but no one else is either. <laughs> it's like, let's just, let's, just, let's just get it all real here. It's like, no one's good enough, but you are good. So I come to you because you are good. And we can't often, we often won't feel like we can ask God for things because we know of our own you know, the times we've stumbled, the times when we've, we haven't stepped into what we know God wanted us to step into. But King David, he doesn't let the knowledge of his own failings. And like I say, if you don't know the story of King David, he's a good guy that did some dumb things, like really dumb things. But he doesn't let the knowledge of his own failings get in the way of him coming to God with his, with his requests. He comes to God because he knows that God is good even though we aren't. You know, I'm not good enough. You're not good enough. None of us are good enough. But God is good. And he, so he says, come bring, bring your request to, to, to me. There's a scripture in Hebrews verse 4 where, again, it's, um, 
the writer of Hebrews says this, which we can take confidence in as people that have chosen to follow Jesus. Hebrews 4.16, Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. We pray because of, we ask God for things because he is good. Okay, number three. Tell God about your situation. I mean, again, I know some of these are pretty obvious, but just tell God about your situation. The enemy pursues me. He crushes me to the ground. He makes me dwell in the darkness like those long dead. You just tell God about your situation. But then number four that we add to this is tell him how you feel about your situation. You know, it's just it's telling him how you feel. And David goes on, he says, so my spirit grows faint within me. My heart within me is dismayed. You know, it's, um, it means you've got to get in touch with your emotions. Men. We actually, this, and, and I tell you, a big part of the journey in God is what God's wanting to do in us as well as what he's wanting to do for us. And, and I, I know I'd say that a little bit jokingly, but kind of a little bit seriously as well. Like, man, we're not so good at getting in touch with our emotions. Some of you are. Some of you are awesome. But, like, this is important because as we open up to what's going on in us, we open up to allowing God to work in us and to, and to, to be able to minister to that place and to, and to also grow us up in those things. Allows God, allows God in. So we're telling, so that one, number three, tell them about your situation. Number four, tell them how you feel about your situation. Heart within me is dismayed. I mean, it's okay. It's okay to just be like, I just feel like terrible about it. I mean, it's just, it's just weighing me down. It's just crushing me. Fifth one is remember when God has answered your prayers. You're in a place and you're just feeling like, oh, is ever, anything ever going to change? Well, remember when there was times when you prayed and things did change. That's what he says. He says, remember, I remember the days of long ago. I meditate on all your works and consider what your hands have done. I mean, this is where we find hope when we remember things when God has come through. And you may be, well, I've just, I've just become a Christian just in the last little while. I haven't really seen a lot of stuff happen. Well, find a buddy who has, you know, ride in on their, um, their hope, their sense of, like, God has done this for me. God has done that for me. It's one of the things we love talking to our kids about. We talk about times when we, were, we prayed for stuff and just miraculous things happen. One of our trampolines is one of those things, but that's another story for another day. It's like, that sounds like a weird story. All right. It's like he did it before, he can do it again. It, just remember, remember what God has done. Number six, open yourself to God. I've been asking people this all week because it talks about spreading out your hands. I've been saying to people, could you just stand up? And they go looking at me like, what, what's going to happen? I said, can you spread, could you spread out your hands? Because it's like it's a funny sort of expression, is it? It's not, like, it's not like spread out your arms or it's not like hold your arms, you know, or, or lift up your hands. It's like spread out your hands. But, you know, here's what, here's what most people do. Or, is this kind of 
I should get one of those cool little things, eh? So then I can walk around like a like an important person. I've been asking, like, like, spread out your hands. What is, what is that? When you've got, if you're standing like this, what's happening? Vulnerable. It's like you're, if something's surrender, if something's coming towards you, you want to catch as much of it as you as is coming to you. You know, that's sort of spreading out your hands. It's like you're about to receive something, but you want like I'm gonna. It's not just like hold out. If I said you hold out your hands. You wouldn't do. Th- you wouldn't do this. You'd kind of do this, but you catch a lot more. And it says, "Since God, whatever, it, like whatever, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, gr- I want it. I, I need it. I want it. My arms are spread out to you. But at at the same time, it is this vulnerable thing as well. It's it is about the vulnerability, but it's about wanting to get as much as what God would give, but 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 being open to receive it. I spread out my hands to you. I thirst for you like a parched land. And, you know, I, and then he goes on to say, Answer me quickly, Lord. My spirit fails. Do not hide your face from me, or I will be like those who go down to the pit. So arms open, vulnerable. God, oh, God. I just, I just need it. I want it. Whatever you've got, bring it. You know, I'm going to catch it. I love it. It's real. It it's, reflects desperation. You know, um, I don't know if I can take it, God, but here I am. Whatever you've got. And number seven, which I love this too about David, in the midst of a what is obviously a tough time, you can hear it. You can hear it in his language, and it's like, ah, oh, this is hard. But in the midst of this, what does he do? He chooses to stay faithful. He chooses to stay faithful. He doesn't, he, listen to this. This is in the midst of, I'm low on energy. I don't know what to do. He says this. He says, show me the way I should go, for to you I entrust my life. Teach me to do your will, for you are my God. May your good spirit lead me on level ground. In the midst of hardship, he's saying, but God, I still will follow you. I still want to hear your leading. I want to, I want to step into what you have for me. I want to stay faithful. In the midst of prayers yet answered, I want to stay faithful. So I just wanted to give you that this morning. Like I said, I'm talking about two kinds of prayers this morning. This one is the first one, Psalm 143. And like we might post this on the, uh, on the Facebook page so you can grab a hold of this. It's just something that you, you, you may just find yourself in a tough time and you just think, like, I remember there was that psalm that will help you to pray, help you to invite God into, the, into that situation. And it's just, this is just so good. It's just such good stuff. So Psalm 143, there you go. Okay, just lock that one away. All right. Okay. The second prayer that I want to talk about this morning, I wasn't, I wasn't going to be talking about this today, but through the week I just felt more and more like God saying, like, talk about this. Talk about this thing. It's praying in tongues. Praying in tongues. Speaking, you know, the language is. Oh. Some people call it, you know, it's like the Bible talks about like speaking in tongues, or some people call it like praying in your prayer language. What it is, it's this like miraculous ability to speak in another language. It might be a language, an actual language, or it might be an angelic language. Speaking in tongues. Now, 
There are two words that I use to describe this whole thing of speaking in tongues. Okay? It's weird and it's cool. All right? Those are my two words. It's weird and it's cool. All right? So I'm going to unpack this a little bit this morning. Because we read in the, in the story of the early church, in the Bible, we read about these events that happen where people began miraculously speaking in a different language. And, um, and it's what people that see that, they, they recognize that, and they they've often call it, it's like when they see this happening, they sound like, oh, that's a, that's a baptism in the Spirit. Because they heard people talk in a language that, that was not their own. But in other words, it's like there's this miraculous event that's been enabled by the Holy Spirit. Let me read you some of these things that we read through the Bible. So first of all, um, we've got Jesus talking before he went to be with the Father. Mark 16, 17. And these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name they will drive out demons. They will speak in new tongues. He says some other things there. He says like, and they will be... They won't be uh, affected by the poison of snakes and, you know, some other things like that, which um, doesn't matter in New Zealand because we're all sort of there. Um, Acts 2 verse 1. This is after Jesus left and they were going, and he said, wait, wait for the Holy Spirit to come. And they just, you know, what, I don't know what's going to happen, but they just got together and they just prayed and waited. And then when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. And in that instance there, you go on to hear that they went out and people heard them and they go like, you're from there, how come you're speaking a language from over here? So this was an actual language that they hadn't known before that, that they were suddenly speaking. It's like just this miraculous event. Acts 10.45, the circumcised believers who had come with Peter were astonished that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out even on Gentiles, for they heard them speaking in tongues and praising God. Acts 19 verse 4, Paul said John's baptism was a baptism of repentance. He told people to believe in the one coming after him, that is, in Jesus. On hearing this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. When Paul placed his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them and they spoke in tongues and prophesied told you it's like weird and it's cool okay so what's let's just talk a little bit about what's going on here okay let's talk about this thing of being being filled with the spirit there's something something is happening here that at, at a particular point in time there is this work of the spirit that that is happening god is giving them something by the holy spirit he's giving them something and you read about this the bible talks about and, and talks about events, and sometimes there's this thing, they talk about there was the speaking of tongues, speaking in tongues and praying in tongues. Sometimes it's just other things that happen, but you can tell that there's something miraculous is happening right here, right now, that wasn't happening like five minutes before. That the Holy Spirit is doing something, and the Bible talks about it like a baptism in the Spirit. There's other times where it talks about, well, you just read it there, it sort of said the Spirit came on them, talked about they were filled with the Spirit, talked about um, the gifts of the, of the Spirit were given. It talks about the Holy Spirit was poured out. So, so this thing now, when you look at this, these, some of these scriptures, 
some people have joined a lot of dots that, and made these sort of solid lines that actually aren't there. And they're saying they spoke in tongues and people said they were filled with the Holy Spirit. Therefore, if you don't speak in tongues, you're not filled with the Holy Spirit. And that's just, I was going to say something that, I was, just, I was just going through my different language w- words there, and uh, it's not right. All right, fuke. Um, when you discover Jesus and you make a choice to say, this is the pathway to God, this is... This is what life is all about. It's all about Jesus. And you go, I'm going to choose to turn from my sin. I'm going to choose to receive this free forgiveness of sin. I'm going to choose to turn to God, accept the gift of God's forgiveness, and turn and follow Jesus. Whether you experience something or not at that moment, you are filled with the Spirit. The Spirit comes to dwell within you. Now, I've got, you might go, well, talk me through this. I said, well, I'm not going to talk you through it today. I'm happy to do it another day. But I'm just wanting to plant in you this morning this whole thing about this thing of praying in tongues is something we're chasing. Okay, that's, that's kind of where we're going. But, um, but that's the, that's, as, as someone that's choosing to follow Jesus, you are filled with the Spirit. Okay, and then you go, well, what is, what's going on here then? What's this, what's this stuff happening? Because some of these people in these stories where this happened, they had already chosen to follow Jesus. And there's this other thing that's happened. And I know that there's been, uh, I know that the Wesley revival, John Wesley was the great Methodist, uh, founder of the Methodist movement and uh, a great preacher. He had, um, he would see a lot of these, these things happening where there'd be a moment in time when something of the Holy Spirit would come and they'd be like, wow, something miraculous has been given here. And sometimes it had, there was the speaking of tongues, sometimes other things. The Bible says sometimes when this Holy Spirit was given, they went out and they spoke the word of God boldly. So it's just there's something that was given that was enabled them to do something that didn't happen before. So with, uh, with Wesley and the Wesley revival, they came up with this phrase and they called it, like, what do they call it? Like the second work, like the second work. And it's kind of like they thought that was helpful. I think it's kind of a little bit helpful, a little bit unhelpful. A lot of people still use that sort of terminology today, like a second blessing or a um, where this, they, there's this encounter with God after this point of salvation. And um, it's helpful in that it, it recognizes that there is more. There is more, that God is wanting to do stuff and, and give us stuff and empower us and fill us and bless us. But it's also unhelpful in that it sort of just says, well, there's just two things. There's, the, there's when you came to faith, and then there's this thing where you get filled with the Spirit. In Acts 2, verse 17, uh, Peter on the back of that first time when the, the Spirit came at Pentecost and the Spirit was poured out. And people are going, what on earth is going on? Are you guys drunk? Um, as if getting drunk sometimes means that you can speak a completely different language. It's like, anyway, that's a... I mean, everyone was a little bit confused at Pentecost, you know. Um, but Peter says this, he quotes from the prophet Joel. He says, in the last days, God says, I will pour out my Spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. He's talking about seeing visions and dreaming dreams to describe this whole thing where they heard people speaking in different languages. 
but he's saying, this is what this is. The Spirit of God is being poured out. The Spirit of God is being poured out. And when you read about the Spirit being poured out, this, it's not like a one-off event. The word there doesn't describe like pour, empty, finish, it's all over. It's like pour and pour and pour and pour over and over and over again. Just the, the jug never ends. It's pouring and pouring and pouring and pouring. That's what that is. Filled with the Spirit over and over and over. And God wants to pour out His Spirit on all people. This is what's happening here. Now it's happened to, you know, reading some of these, you know, I'll, I'll, I'm looking at the time. I'll, I'll keep cracking on here. Let me just tell you, like, I have, in my Christian journey, been Christian for like 34 years now, is that as I have pursued God, I have had experiences where five minutes ago, nothing was happening. Now, something's happening. Like, in terms of this, whatever you call it, filling with the Holy Spirit, having the Holy Spirit poured out. Uh, I remember as a young Christian, and people were telling me, you've got to, you know, like this whole thing of speaking in tongues, praying in tongues, this is worth pursuing. I go, well, I don't know what it's all about. Like, I said, well, just, just go after it and, and, and read about it and talk to people about it. And I did, and I, you know, and, and, and there came a point in time, it's like, wow, this is, thing, this is happening for me. This is happening for me. I know that um, when I was, had this encounter with God, which really was my calling into pastoral ministry, it was in the, um, in the early 1990s, and um, I was after a, it was after a season of about eight months where I was really, really seeking God, like, God, is this what you have for me? Is this pastoral ministry thing what you have for me? It wasn't my initial course of study I did out of high school. Is this what you have for me? And praying and praying, just, God, please show me. And, and there was, uh, I was actually at, a, uh, at an event and had some people praying for me around this whole thing. And when they did, I, the, this, I don't know how to describe it. It felt like I was like plugged into something. Like it felt, you know, how, you know those green transformers on the side of the road? And when you walk past them and it's just like, and you just think, you just almost don't, don't want to get too close because it's like, what's going on? And you just feel this humming and this buzz. That's what I felt like. Like I felt like there was this power that was surging through my whole body. It felt like, it felt like if I could come within maybe a couple of inches of you that you would feel something. It felt like there was something around my, my whole body and it, was all, it all happened when, this, got, when this, this, this guy prayed for me and he said, you need to know that you're called to New Zealand. We're in England at the time. You need to know you're called to New Zealand, you're called to pastoral ministry and that you're called to the vineyard. And when he said those three things, just this power, just like, I mean, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't turn anything on. I didn't put my finger in anything. It just happened. And, but it was like, it was like God saying, like, okay, you need to listen to this. And this is, and this is an empowering and a filling. And also it's like, it's like saying, you need to hear this. This is, this is, this is for you. And um, I was coming up to people like, can you feel this? Can you, I was touching, can you feel this? It's like, I was just felt like, this is like, I don't know what it was, but it's like, I would say it's like a filling of the Spirit. It was like the Spirit came on me. I don't know. It's, um, but it was pretty exciting. I got pretty excited at one point. They were like thinking like, maybe we need to give him a paper bag just to blow in and out of. Um, maybe he's getting, anyway, that's another part of the story. Um, i tell you what though, that changed the trajectory of my life. Empowered. 
So these times of these filling of the Spirit, this this event that's just a supernatural work of God. And um, I'm telling you, these things are worth pursuing. These are not for super Christians or it's not for the person next to you or the person behind you, but not for me. These things are worth pursuing. Pursuing these times when you can be filled with the Spirit. Chase after being filled with the Spirit because it's always given for your good and for your empowering and for blessing, changes you. You know, we read of these remarkable life-changing events through the story of the early church, through the book of Acts and the Bible, but it didn't just stop there. You read it through church history, there's these kind of things that are just happening, you know, century after century in all sorts of places all around the world where people pray, they get filled with the Spirit, they go, miraculous stuff happens, they come back, they pray again, it happens again. Let's just get back to this thing, because I started off just talking about this whole thing of praying in tongues. There's going to be some people here that they pray in tongues, and there's going to be people here that don't. And um, I, want, I want us all to. I want us all to. And you go, what, what, why? why? Why do you want that? Paul again, Paul the Apostle, I'm just so grateful for Paul. He writes so, such great advice to so many of the churches back in the, uh, in the first century. But he's writing to the church in Corinth at this point. And he's talking mainly to tell people, I want you to prophesy. But then he gives us some great insights into this whole thing of speaking in tongues. 1 Corinthians 14 verse 1 says, Follow the way of love. That's a good punchline there. And eagerly desire gifts of the Spirit, especially prophecy. For anyone who speaks in a tongue does not speak to people but to God. Indeed, no one understands them. They utter mysteries by the Spirit. But the one who prophesies speaks to people for their strengthening, encouraging, and comfort. Anyone who speaks in a tongue edifies themselves. But the one who prophesies edifies the church. I would like every one of you to speak in tongues. But I'd rather have you prophesy. So Paul's saying, this is, tongues is awesome. Prophecy's better. But tongues is awesome. And, and why is that? Because if you pray in a tongue, it's something that you're not trying to think of like getting the words right. It's just this thing almost like where it's a whole lot less of this and a whole lot more of this. And I, I like don't, I, I just kind of nibble away at guessing how this whole thing works and some of these, these incredible supernatural cool things that God does. But I just know some of these things. Like Paul says here, he talks about when you speak in a tongue, you pray in a tongue, you edify yourself, which means you build yourself up. That's got to be good. We pray what the Spirit wants us to pray. The Spirit helps us in our weakness in our prayers to pray. And out of that, we can know know God, worship God in deeper ways. And and, uh, this is... Romans 8.26, again, this is Paul talking to the church in Rome. And he's talking about this thing about how the Spirit can help us to pray in ways that's beyond words. Romans 8.26, In the same way the Spirit helps us in our weakness, we do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. I know it doesn't talk specifically about this whole thing of praying in tongues here, but it's, that's, that's what's going on. Tongues is enabled by the Spirit. This is the work. These are, these are prayers enabled by the Spirit. This is just the Spirit helping us to pray, helping us to draw closer to God, to know God. 
Is it weird? Yes. Is it cool? Yes. And sometimes we have a burden deep down that we just don't know what to do with it. We don't even know how to bring it to God. It helps. You know, this is life-changing stuff. Tell my um, my brother-in-law. He um, he had a pretty interesting kind of upbringing, and um, you know, far from a Christian background at all. You know, his his whole high school was um, uh, the school of the. Um, the peeling wave at Piha, you know, it was uh, it wasn't a lot of school going on, but he got real good at surfing, and that whole culture he was well in, and you know, just all sorts of the, the kind of the stuff you hear about that's not so good about that culture. That was him, and um, just had this encounter with God, remarkable encounter with God, and and came to faith, wonderful, and um, and he just was, he was reading his Bible just in the next sort of couple of years. He was like, oh God, what's this thing about this? This praying in tongues—it like, seems like this seems like a good thing. And what about this? And he was just asking God, like, "How does it, I want this? How do I get this?" And he just was praying for ages. And then it was just at one point when he was in his car, he had a worship um, song playing in his car, and he was driving, and he was just singing and, pra- and praising God at the top of his voice. And all of a sudden, it just changed to a different language, you know. And it was just—and you talk to him about this, and you know, he's still going strong now, you know. He's that's probably like 30 years ago. He's going strong, you know. It's good. So some, for some people, they have, as they have pursued this, it's just been something that's happened as they have been praying and praising God. For some people, it's like, I just don't know where to start with this thing. I don't know how this thing kicks in. How does this even work? What, how, I, do I just sort of stand there and like all of a sudden something's going to happen? Here's, here's the deal. Because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to invite you to, if there's any of you want this, we're gonna we're gonna pray for you soon. But here's here's something that's real important. And again, I'm telling you lots of very obvious things today. For you to speak in tongues, for you to pray in tongues, you've got to open your mouth. <laughs> you've got to engage some kind of like, you've got to engage your voice box. You know, it's really hard for anything, any prayers, even any prayers to happen if you're not opening your mouth. And so for some people, it's been helpful just to say, you know what, this is a little bit of a thing, especially in our Western culture where sometimes spiritual things are downgraded and things that you can understand and be explained scientifically, uh, that's, the, that's the important stuff in life. And uh, it can be hard for us because this is a little bit like, a little bit hard to understand. And yet this is very real, very, very cool. And... Um, so sometimes people have been encouraged, you know, you might want to just come and maybe just just say something that is not what not not English and um just to kind of get you get it get it past your brain that goes like this is weird. So you can get to the this is cool bit. Okay. You might just I don't know. There is the the little the joke. Bought a Mazda, should have bought a Honda. Okay. Or you could start by saying Benedict Cumberbatch. <laughs> I mean, those are words that just baffle the mind, don't they? <laughs> what I wanted to plant in you this morning is that this is very biblical. It is very cool, even though it's a little bit weird. And I would just love for everyone here to have planted in them that this is something I want to chase after. 
We've got this 24-7 prayer room that is um, going to be kicking in this afternoon. And what a great place to be able to just go to pray and just explore this whole thing of like, you know, I've never really done this, but why don't you just go and book your hour? There's no one around and just like babble away and see what happens, you know? Invite God to come and say, God, I want this. Give this to me and just sort of praise him, worship him, babble away and, uh, and just see what God does in the midst of that. I don't know what else to say in terms of this whole thing. I would love to say that, look, it just happens. You just go home and you just start praising God and, and then it'll just kick in. Like, I've seen people that have been told that nothing happens, but then it does happen in other ways. So I don't, I don't know. But all I know is that this is weird, but it's cool. And it's worth chasing after. Okay, let's, let's stand together. I'm just going to get right into it. Like, if there are people here that would love to, um, that would love to pray in tongues, to speak in tongues, that have never have, I'm going to ask you to, to put your hand up, and we're just going to pray for you right here, right now. Is there anyone here? His hands going up all over the place. Can I get you? Can I just ask that the people that are part of Coast Vineyard? the regulars here, that, that, that their experience is that they do speak in tongues, they do pray in tongues. I need you guys to go and pray for these people. So I need you to put your hand up again. And I need those of you that want to go, and, that, 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 that is part of your Christian experience, to go and pray for these guys. Okay. Just if you don't mind keeping your hand up while, until someone is, is with you. 